0: And welcome back to another special episode of the App Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 142, I'm pretty sure. And I'm joined <laughs> on the line once again by my co-host, Sneaky Pete. How are you tonight, Pete?
1: Hey, what's up, Bruce? And what's up, everybody who uh, watches and listens to us? Um, all Thanks five so of you. Watching. Not so much watching. <laughs> all five those, of you. you know, maybe yeah, they all the back of their eyelids. I don't know. But, oh, yeah, um, if you yeah. got this far, thank you for, thank you for being here. Uh, we really appreciate your support. It's good to be back. I, I took a break. I was overseas for about a month, so it's good to be back with Bruce, and we're excited about what we're going to talk about tonight. If you like what oh. you're hearing, our oh, yeah. content is on the Lotus Council website, uh, lotuscouncil.com, and circulating on various other Discord servers. So, uh, Bruce, take us away. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy sorry about that folks that sounds like me me smoking two packs a day um that's not at all what's happening lingering cold but anyway. um okay as always folks if you want to get a hold of us please check out the show notes all the best ways to reach us are there um tonight we're going to do some garbage or great and uh this was going to be a bit of a bit of a hodgepodge one i think so let's find ourselves something fun to talk about let's talk about this card here this is a juniper order druid and this is one that I think is gone a lot of people remember, but mm. have forgotten about in their deck. So, three green, blue, white, for a two, four human knight. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield you, under your control, put a plus one plus encounter on that creature and a plus one plus encounter on Juniper Order Ranger. Which, this doesn't sound like a card that is awesome, um, but it is a. I mean, the price tag alone, the impact on the board, and the fact that it appears in almost 15,000 decks suggests that while this looks a little on the mundane side, um, actually is a pretty great card, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are playing plus one, plus one counters now, right, Uh, in some facet, and this is a card that will spiral out of control if no one responds to it. If you give it some sort of evasion, like Flying or Menace, you could just one-shot an opponent. so yeah, it's yeah. it's a nine cent punch you in the face card that, granted, it's a five mana two four, so it's not great stat wise when it enters. But if it sticks, you're, yeah, you're, you're so running away you're, with
0: it. If you're playing this sort of plus almost counter deck, your deck is full of cheap creatures that are going to be that are targets to put counters on with plus with plus side, and there's lots of abilities that are going to allow you stick extra counters on it. So whether it's the Ozolith, whether it's the um, the Ozolith Shattered Spire the hardened scales. Um, you know, there's you can get it in Abzan flavored, green white flavors, uh, lots there's lots of these things that are gonna dump extra counters like Lazelle um from Baldur's Gate. There's tons of these cards that are gonna allow you to put cheap, inexpensive creatures, load them with counters, and I think that's really the way to to, to build counters these days. There was a time when you could you could build it differently and build um your counters tall on a creature. I think that's basically gone the way of the dodo bird. This is this is now green white green white, possible building counters or Abzan or whatever flavor of it is like a go wide strategy, and you're gonna build put creatures out on the battlefield, and this sort of card is gonna allow you to trigger the cascading effect of all those hardened scales, osalith the shattered spires. And you're going to put not one or two counters, but you're going to put three, four, five counters on stuff. And you're going to be off to the races. Um, If you want to get this into Naya, you play this with um All Will Be One, which is the one that uh, the red enchantment that deals damage every time you put counters on stuff. Like you can do a lot of different things with this sort of card. And this is sort of a catalyst for it that, as you said, nine cents goes in your deck is going to make your your plus one plus one counter synergy deck um have a a way to sort of trigger all that all the the counter goodness and uh so you know consequently I think the card is very, very good. Uh the budget the the it won't break the bank and it's just gonna result in something that you're gonna want to play and make sure you've got a spot for it in your list. So I think the card is very good. I think the card, the card is great. Um again, you're right, like off the hop, five mana for a two four is not great, but this is not going to stay a two four for long.
1: Yeah. Um it goes with uh, without saying, um, these kinds of cards that people have to read twice. I think um, they're like, mm-hmm. what? What does that do? Uh, yeah, it's, it speaks it's for itself. So
0: yeah, but it's been reprinted a whole bunch of times, and so right. it's readily available. And so yeah, I think card is very very good. Uh, do you want a second one, there, that that Pete? We're feeling spicy.
1: Yeah, I kind of want to. Okay. I, hate, I know people hated Aftermath, right? Because of the, the printing run and, and, you know, all the nonsense with um, how it was like only 50 cards in it and all that, like, yes. nonsense. But I'll tell you right now, okay? The new Samut card, okay? It's so it's, busted. It's so busted. <laughs> it's so, so busted. So let's read that one. I'll, so Samut I'll read Vizier, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Vizier of Naktamun. Yeah, yeah so uh, it's,
1: it's one colorless. It's a red and a green. So it's a cruel card yeah yeah um human warrior cleric first strike vigilance haste whenever a creature control deals combat damage to your player if that creature enters the battlefield this turn draw a card so Ooh. i play this card on arena as a commander in standard and it actually slaps people really fast and kills people by like turn five or six um in really? commander in edh i played this card tonight in one of my 99 uh, for a tokens deck and i ended up drawing like 12 cards with just that card alone um, and it's $2. There are like five printings right now. One is 20 bucks, but there are two or three printings that are about $2. They hover around 3 bucks, $2, $3, but it's a mythic card. It has some really good evergreen abilities on it. It has First Strike, Vigilance, and Haste. And playing any sort of deck that involves creatures coming in and swinging the turn they come in um, is always valuable, and what Gruul is made famous by, really, is turning cr- creatures sideways. So if you have um, the knacking to smack people in the face, I wow. suggest pick this card up. It is disgusting, and people looked at me after I played it on turn uh, five. And after the game was over, they're like, "Well, wow!" Because I need I needed the gas in my deck that way, and this card provided it. So that's enough of me putting putting that out there. <laughs> but <laughs> it's um a strong. Strong card for what it does, and it's not. Oh,
0: well, looks really good. I, I have to say I have not spent a lot of time looking at the aftermath cards. Um, and this card, you know, haste is a an ability that uh, is so important in commander. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we the the, the the length of time to go through a, a full cards a full turn cycle of the table, uh, particularly as the game wears on, is incredible. Meaning that if you have a so a scary, impactful card that's just gonna that has to wait a full turn for you to get your value out of it. You're probably not going to get a chance to to attack with it unless you have some tremendous way to protect it. So Samit is going to allow you to make sure you get your value by getting after your opponents and 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 turning yourself sideways and whacking them. So yep. I th- I think the card is is, is excellent. I, li- I like the mana cost. Is at three mana makes it very affordable um i'd say it would be more affordable than um the other versions of Samit. so you can get Samit tyrant smasher which is a planeswalker from war of the spark which gives yeah. all your creatures haste you can get Samut voice of descent which again has a similar ability but again that's five mana yep. uh Samet the tested which is a unfortunate planeswalker from uh our devastation again yep doesn't even give your creatures haste if i'm right up to one creature it just gives a creature strike. double strike yeah and, yeah. It, and
1: it's, it has a shock effect that minus 2 which is very yeah, so, uh, mediocre which is
0: so it's very disappointing as far as so summit vizier of Moon is three mana you know very it places itself you know, when it enters it, pretty much yeah oh yeah i actually i've forgotten that so this is just just a really nice card to put in your deck um you know you're going to get your, your your money's worth out of it so grab a copy now for 2 bucks I'm gonna be honest, people. In a few years, like aftermath is gonna be one of those sets that people are gonna have panned and forgotten about, and Mm -hmm. so cards like this are gonna be um, quite a bit more, quite a bit more expensive because they're just not gonna be available. Like, I I know
1: I picked -hmm. up the foil version for two dollars. Okay, the foil version of the card, and um, I, I really do think that. Anything that provides value as soon as it enters it replaces itself, whether that be a loot effect, a cantrip, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so strong. Um, I played this on turn 4, got a got a card immediately. Nobody blocked. 2-3. I mean... You know what I mean? So, anyway. Yeah. Cool, man. Let's do it.
0: Excellent. Good stuff. Alright. <laughs> Let's move on to some segment 2, and I think it's only fitting that in, in the current environment, we talk a little Lord of the Rings, uh, Adventures of Middle-Earth, which is coming out this weekend. So, uh, as we sit here tonight, which is uh, you know Thursday, June the 15th, uh, the pre releases are starting tomorrow afternoon. Uh, locally here, they start around three o'clock. They've got them running all weekend long. They even have some midweek, which is hilarious. I can't believe they're having them. So, apparently, this they, is being billed as being a potentially a very popular set because of the, the, the IP being so, so popular. Right. Now, there's been a lot of buzz around this one for a long time. Um, Wizards has done their part to make the hype absolutely absurd. We'll get to the hype in a minute. Um, but uh, let's get our first reactions. About how do you feel about the new set coming out there, Pete? Are you excited for, for Lord of the Rings? Or are you wishing that Frodo and Samwise stayed home in the, in the Shire and we just continued on with our regular Magic cards?
1: So, um... I am very torn because I love Lord of the Rings. I read all the books growing up. Um, I watched all the movies actually on my plane ride back from where I was overseas. So that's <laughs> ironic. I had nine hours to kill. I was like, all right, let's do it because, you know, this set is coming out. Um, I, I think that, and we're going to get to this. I think that on its surface, the uh, enjoyment of the set will be okay. But as we go further into it, um, especially for Modern and for Commander, pe- certain people are going to be upset because they didn't get the chance to either A, pick up any of these cards because there's not that many of them, or B, um, people will uh, use the cards and they'll replace cards that everybody used to use that were more commonplace. So like some of the cards we're going to mention tonight are just outright strictly replace cards that are used to be staples now. commander Mm -hmm. and my concern is uh Wizards is going to keep doing this with specific ips and um we're going to be confused it confused even more than we already are when people are reading cards to us (laughs) oh what does that do Uh, what's the name of this card what say that again yeah yeah um that's how i feel i i kind of feel overwhelmed Uh, i'm going to the pre-release tomorrow in my hometown lgs and it's 45 american dollars for me and my good friend, um, we're going together. We're doing it for the experience, not necessarily because we love sealed or we love limited. We love drafting, but forty-five dollars for sealed for me is is a joke. To, to be quite frank, I I'm it's disappointed. It's
0: a little steep. It's a little, it's a little steep. I'm going but to be we're honest, going for that... the
1: experience, so I think the experience <laughs> itself might be might outweigh the the growing pains of this particular thing. But we'll see, Just, I guess.
0: I will say this: the price tag is not dissimilar from doing a um, modern. Master's draft, which Mm -hmm. was hilarious. Like everyone loved Modern Masters draft, but Modern Masters draft here was like twenty bucks a pack. So you're paying sixty to seventy five bucks Canadian to draft. I'm like, really? I I remember having a conversation with another player. I'm like, I like to draft as much as the next guy, but (laughs) you're not gonna. I have a hard time convincing me to spend seventy five dollars on a draft more than once. When I can get the same satisfaction from drafting with fi- like 15 bucks and right. get three packs of the regular stuff like it was positively outrageous but anyway um, alright so Lord of the Rings is coming out it is going to be a set that is a legal to modern which is interesting because it doesn't go to standard um, so it's Goodness. not legal in standard it's not legal in pioneer it's going straight to modern which puts it in a similar vein as Modern Horizons 1 and 2 um, it's also going to be draftable, so you can draft it on Arena or draft it in on MTGO or draft it in paper, um, which is interesting too. And it's all right. the limited format is is another thing that's another dimension to this that people are going to pick up the sealed product and they're going to maybe put it away for a few years and pull it out as something interesting to do instead of you know whatever the standard format is is something unique and different. So let's just first dive into what we think about the draft format. And what people are saying, good or bad, about it.
1: Sure. Um, so I actually started thinking like about the way this deck, this draft, will be. So we're doing sealed, but limited and sealed um, in terms of drafting. In this set, there's not a ton of fixing at all. There's maybe three or four cards that do it. Um, two in green, one in blue, for instance, in sorceries, and then a three mana rock. But then we also have a lot of uh, push for people to draft two different colors or two, two color pairs um, instead of doing the traditional thing we've seen where people are doing one color or they're doing five colors. <laughs> like we've been in the last how many sets we've done this year. Um, and they're saying that it's going to be, it's, it, the, the power level isn't as strong as past sets. So like March of the Machine was a perfect example of a very powerful draft set. Where like you get a bomb, you get you get destroyed, right, Bruce? Um, yeah. And then
0: yeah. You, yeah. I can speak speak to that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you you mentioned this uh, when we were talking this week about this set before we you know we're going to talk about it on the show, and I love this point that the ring the mechanic is going to really change how people uh, draft um, this yeah, set. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, go, explain th- it to the audience because I I really love your take on this. I really well. Think-
0: so, um, one of the things that that and, and I can't say I can't take credit for this. I listen to a number of limited podcasts too. So I listen to Lords of Limited and Limited Level Ups and Lord, Lord, Limited Limited Resources. So all of them are great resources. And I sort of pick and choose things that that resonate with me. And one of the things that Lords of Limited talked about when they were talking about this was that there, was a, there wasn't a lot of inherent card draw in the in the set itself. Um, There's only a couple of ways to draw additional cards, despite the fact that even one of the archetypes is premised on being drawing your second card each turn. However, the the mechanic around being tempted by the ring, if you manage to get to level two, you've turned your ring bearer into a looter, which means that you're going to have a, a, the way to, uh, to draw a second card. And it's also going to, so that mechanic is going to be very much in play if you're playing the blue white archetype for sure, blue white flyers mostly. Um, but also, on top of that, it's going to allow for a lot of filtering. Um, there's going to be a lot of deck manipulation. So, the blue green archetype is a scry heavy mechanic. Um, and so, all of these tie into how they're going to interact around the temptation by the ring. So, you know, a blue green deck that can get their ring bearer to level two can then scry and control the top of their deck and draw their their impactful card more more readily because they can, they can loot, um, the blue white archetypes are going to draw the, um, their, their additional card to get the bonus that that that's going to incur decks that are looking to splash a third color are going to be able to, to loot and dig and find the lands they need to be able to cast their spells. So while there isn't the fixing the, you know, the people who are, um, better limited, much better limited players than myself are talking about how much impact the temptation, being tempted by the ring, um, has on on the gameplay, and I, I'm like I'm prepared to take notice of it because it's well supported in all five colors. Yes. Um. There's eight, nine, ten effects that are going to allow you to be tempted by the ring. Um. Lots of them are going to be play very playable effects. Um. And with the power level of the many cards sort of being pretty flat across many of them, like so, there's a lot of sort of C C plus B minus cards that if you put them in concert with other cards that play in the same uh, the same strategy and same synergy they become instead of C C pluses they become B B pluses and your you know your card that pulled you into that archetype in the first place is like acts like an A minus in that sort of con- mm-hmm. configuration so um, there's a lot of a lot to be said for it um, you know being a a, you know, a flatter power level um from the outset, like at least from the appearance from the outset. We're gonna find out in due course, maybe we're totally off or off our rockers here, folks. When we get to playing, you know these are just the experts talking about what they are predicting based on what they know from past sets, what the the statistics and the and the uh, the heuristics of what their set looks like. Um but it looks like it's very wide open, um, lots of different um archetypes that you that seem viable and seem to be supported so and all of them sort of hinge or not all of them but many of them hinge around how they interact with various elements of how the ring tempts you
1: yeah and then the other thing that i've seen from these experts is like each color has uh things that they do um that seem to contradict uh what they're trying to do so like blue and black are trying to control, but they have some cards that seem to be more aggressive. You know? It's like they're trying to stretch the color so much that we're confused about where the pie is. You yeah. Know? So yeah. we'll see what happens. Like, every color... I've never even heard of this until now. Every color has their own combat trick in this set. Um, every single one. So that's something I haven't experienced yet in Limited in terms of... uh Ooh. Combat tricks are in every color. There's some that are in, they have multiple in, in a color, but what I mean is like strictly, uh, they're supposed to two for one, right? All oh, right. Um, so anyway, I mean, I think we've covered this well in, in regards to...
0: Well, considering we're not really l- a limited podcast... Right. I think we've given it enough airtime and we're gonna allow players to go to to, figure to go it out forth for
1: themselves. And, yeah.
0: yeah, and go <laughs> go find for themselves. Um if they if if people out there in the audience wish to get a hold of us and let's and and have a conversation around the limited format, we're always game. Like we're not we've yeah. also we've we've advocated that that players who are looking to get better at the game should play a mul- of multiple of multiple of formats, including draft. Um so if you want to give it a try, please like Check out some of these other lit podcasts. So uh, check out Lords Unlimited. Check out uh, Limited Level Ups. Check out uh, Limited Resources. Uh, all these are, you know, or three Nicola of like, three. Yeah, Nikolai yeah. Bolas. These, these are excellent. Um, or like watch Numat the Nummy on Twitch. Or yeah. mm-hmm. like 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 these guys who do this, this is what they do. And they're terrific players. And they have lots to say about the cards and what, what's good, what's bad, and how to play. Um, we're just two guys that are talking about it because we're excited for to give it a give it a crack, but we're really looking at this from commander, and I think this set is in, very interesting from from commander a uh, commander standpoint for a very different series of reasons.
1: Yeah, like um, we're going to get into some of our cards that we would be excited to play with. Um, it's it's more so. I'm excited to just see how the mechanics interact in Limited, but I also am excited to see what people come up with in Commander with some of these legendary creatures because they have a lot of them. Um, I, there's the...
0: there's over there's over a hundred. So I think someone was counting there's over a hundred legendary Incredible. creatures in the set, meaning that there's going to be an awful lot of options for us as Commander players to go and find something interesting to build with and play with. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the Scryfall page for the set for the. The the set itself, and you know, the page is littered with uh cool new legendary creatures to go in and play and try out. So, let's let's but let's get into some of the the, the pros and what we're excited for for this from a commander standpoint. And I'm gonna be honest, one of them for me is the fact there's a hundred over a hundred new commanders that we can (laughs) try out, yeah, uh, which means like there's lots of options and it's a very wide open canvas that we can delve into to uh, to to try it. So that for, that for me is very exciting. Um, I'm going to you know make a point of trying to build a deck that is going to be, um, I guess, unknown or hard to. For not many people are going to play. So I guess a like dirty hipster deck. I guess is what I'm going to say. Well, I want okay. to play some dirty hipster deck that no one else is going to. No one else is going to run, and I'm going to be the only one of the only dudes out there running. Uh, I don't know. Um. Uh, Boromir Warden of the Tower deck, um, because I think that is going to be yielding an interesting gameplay situation. Rather than I go back and I build Aragorn again, because everyone's going to build an Aragorn deck. Like Aragorn the Uniter, the four color five mana, five five is like is so intrinsically just value laden that lots of people are going to build him. He's just good. You know, but you go and find something so dis- decidedly more interesting. Maybe you build an Elron Master of Healing deck and put that to use. Who knows? But anyway, sure. That's a very interesting canvas for us to get into um and building some interesting things. And what so else are you what else are you excited about from this whole from the whole offerings here?
1: I mean, we have a short list. Um the flavorfulness of the cards. They're, oh dude, they it's did a really drip, good job with it. <laughs> they're
0: positively dripping in in yeah. the in, in the flavor. Like it's so I good. It. I love it. Um it um, looks it it looks and feels very authentic. Um yeah. to the and to me it's to the books, not so much to the movies. Good. Yeah. Um I, I think that to if you're trying to you're trying to convey what the books would look like in my brain, th- they've now come to life in cards. And I know there are people who don't agree. There are people out there who don't think that some of the cards are the way they ought to be? I think they look terrific. I think they they really do capture the essence of, um, of of Lords of the Lord of the Rings, and I'm I'm very happy and excited to to have this 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 great world and and, and rich world that uh, Tolkien built now come to Magic and be played on my battlefield.
1: Yeah. Um. Also, the pre-cons are fantastic. I don't know if you've seen oh. the list yet, Bruce, but I bought all of them, all four. I normally don't splurge like this, but I got a good price on them. But they have some fantastic reprints in, in the decks. It's
0: ridiculous. I, I have to concede, I bought one too. Um, <laughs> Which one? For the, for, I bought the the, one. the Abzan food deck. Nice. So the Frodo and Sam deck. I uh, took a look at that one. and that There's something to that book, that, that strategy that appeals to me. So I, I went in, I bought it. Um, it's again, I'm similar. I don't usually buy the precons. I I'm kicking myself on. There's only one other precon that I wish I had purchased. It was one of the, um, the Warhammer 40k decks, sure. but that so I wasn't going to miss out on this one. This, these decks look very well done. They've been built very nicely. And the, the nice part about it is that they really did put some really interesting, um, reprints in them making yep. the decks extra appealing for us from a uh, from the standpoint um from the standpoint of, of of players so i i'm a big fan um of the precons and and you know have no regrets about purchasing one of them i wish i could have bought more but you know there's all there's a limit there's a finite amount of money that i'm able to spend on my magic products so exactly
1: um so i mean we don't want to end with the negative, but we're going to do the cons and then we'll move into some um, of our cards that we really are excited to see. Yeah,
0: well, I don't think they're cons so much as that they are tensions within the set sure. and, and within the community that people are people have great, have great reservations around this, and I think rightfully so.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, first... here, sorry, here's an example that we that, um, that I thought of yeah. tonight when I was playing. Um, someone mentioned this and they were right. They didn't lean into fun mechanics like Adventures, for example, because The Lord of the Rings is about a massive quest. They could have definitely done like Adventures as a mechanic and, and push it in that set and it would have been fantastic. I wish um, they had. You know um, what I mean? It's one of those yeah, things yeah. that I, I regret um, that mm-hmm. they didn't do. Yeah. Uh,
0: I also know there's a number of people in the community that have expressed concerns around some of the things. And that, that and they're not the design choices of the cards. So right. much, But they are choices made by Wizards at a, at a, at a higher level that people are concerned about. Um, so for instance, this product um, is at a, a higher price point than is typical for a set. So yeah. even last summer when we got our Battle for Baldur's Gate, it wasn't priced in this vein. So it was labeled as Commander yeah. Legends and it wasn't priced the way this is. This is priced significantly higher um sort of in line with with modern horizons 2 pricing um but we were saying just a moment ago that the power level was of a lower threshold than what you had with modern horizons 1 and modern horizons 2 like mm-hmm. let's be real those two formats fo- those two sets folks have totally redefined modern which is now a v- extremely powerful extremely um like efficient and devastating format that has been really influenced by m h two. I don't know how many cards from Lords of the Rings. There'll be a few that get integrated into those decks. But it isn't of the same nature as, yes, m h one and two. But yet the pricing is commensurate with those sets, which I mean, I have my theories. I don't know for a fact, but I have my theories around why the some of the pricing the way they are. So, but I also, but I also know for a fact that they there is there's going to be a lot of demand for Lord of the Rings. It's not because Lord of the Rings is one of those IPs that transcends. Yeah, it does magic. It's it's, it's.
1: They don't care about no, magic no. using their their product. They are like, okay, go ahead. We we make another movie. We make another million dollars. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and on top of it, wizard magic players. anybody who's a anyone who's a Lord of the Rings player would be like. Or Lord of the Rings person like oh there's cards from Magic I mm-hmm. could play with my I could play with Aragorn or with Gimli or with Legolas like sure, sure. H- how do I do this again let me learn and mm-hmm. that's great but I'm sure Wizards had to spend a pretty penny to get the licensing rights to right. this because this is a this is a big deal like this is this is like the the only thing that I think that we bigger than Lord of the Rings honestly would be if they got Star Wars. That's really yep. how I feel about it. I think in yeah. terms of like transcendent IP, you have Star Wars as the king. Lord of the Rings is is nipping at its heels,
1: right. and then
0: after that, it's like there's lots of other ways you could take it. But those are like the those are like the the crown jewels. And we're sitting here with Lord of the Rings, and it. But you know, Lord of the Rings makes sense because it dovetails so nicely into the classic okay. high fantasy of Wizards of the Coast. So. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it makes sense, whereas like Star Wars is a little bit different, but again, like that's that is an IP that transcends society, so
1: right. Anyway, so anyway, um, we can also discuss the theories about wizards in another pot, like another episode. Oh, maybe. for sure, we absolutely uh, could. <laughs> Let's get into the final like section tonight, which is just our cards that we yeah. think are either can flavor we come wounds, back
0: to, before yeah. we, Can we back we, before we leave the, that part? Can we talk about the the one ring and that people are, and, and the serialized one of one, one ring, which I think is yeah, one of not, the other. It's
1: not dwell on it too much, right? <laughs> no,
0: we're not going to dwell on it too much, but like, <laughs> this is one that people are very um, alert to, because it signals something very, a, a real, a real distinct change from wizards. We've seen serialized mm-hmm. cards before. Serialized cards have been very popular and have been very expensive. If you open one in your collector's booster, it's now it's several hundred dollars. Um, at okay. a minimum, almost regardless of what card you get, but to have this card be one of one, and for a card as iconic as the One Ring, this there are some there are there are stores out there in the world that are pay, putting bounties of uh, of up to two million dollars on it, okay. which is like life-changing amounts of money. So this is something that people Wizards is like Wizards is trying out as a marketing ploy people are very very attuned to this so like what's going on here and is this going to be something that persists or is this literally a one off like they are like when are are we not going to see it again until we get to like when we do do a, a star wars crossover because i expect that will come at some point because there's just too much money tied up in it so this is really interesting, and so we're gonna. People are gonna watch this very carefully. There are cynics out there that are that are dumping all over this and saying, "Well, it's it's corrupting the game and all that, whatever." There's also a lot of people who are really excited for this, um, and, and eager to see who opens it. But there's people that are also, you know, alert. This could result in people trying to scam one another. There's already, um, you know, fake cards being print- printed printed um, by shops in in China and printers elsewhere that are printing, printing excellent high quality knockoffs of this one ring in the hopes that people are going to get duped. And you know what? Somebody is, someone's going to get duped and pay way too much money for a not real magic card. And it's going to be a problem. So the, you know, I imagine whoever's going to open it, um, is going to have their life changed, hopefully in a good way, but it could be, like, this could be a real burden for them. Like, the actual real one ring should be in the game. So, anyway, I don't want to belabor it any more than that. I think that's enough to be said on the matter, but it is, yeah. it is something that people are watching intently to see what transpires as a result of the discovery of the one One of one ring.
1: Yeah, let's, um, we can also talk about that too. I think it, it really devolves into the theory of what is magic becoming and what are wizards thinking when they decide to do these things. Um, but for now, I mean, I think the set will sort of explain itself as we yep. as we dive yeah. deeper and as more people are playing the set. Um, there, are think, some, there are I some... There's definitely in a... some
0: interesting things to check out here that I think that uh, people are... sort of caught my eyes. I think people are going to be excited for some of these... For, for so many of these cards that it's going to... over time, it's going to be a a set that people are going to really look back fondly on as something really fun. I mm. just hope that people don't have that memory tainted by some of the negativity surrounding things like the serialized one of one um, So, anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, do you want to go t- do some of these cards? I mean, yeah, I, for I sure. added a few in the back. I know, like, we're trying to keep the show yeah. for the audience, but um, there's some good stuff here. So There is some excellent,
0: some excellent ones. And for me, one of the first ones that really caught my attention was the Boromir... Uh, I'm trying to find Boromir right now. So Boromir warden of the tower. So it's two and a white for a human soldier He's a three three with vigilance whenever opponent casts a spell if no man was spent to cast it counter that spell So there goes people who are gonna storm off uh, They're not. Oh, sorry. That's copying. It's not everybody rain casting a spell But anyway, but it is gonna cast things that are gonna be like free spells are not actually things um, there are get... a lot
1: of those exile effects. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, you yeah. if you played Boromir and then you played something like, um, like uh, some of the well, red removal the... even. Yeah, like, like there's there's, there's red you...
0: removal where you you can pay an alternate cost of sack lands or, um, or pitch pitch element pitch cards and stuff like that. Like
1: evoke evoke costs. I think yeah, ev- as well.
0: Yeah, so. evoke costs and some of that. Like well, the evoke the 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 five evoke ones from modernizers Two. In particular, like Mold Drifter is going to be fine. You're still going to pay oh, mana yeah. for that.
1: That's but what I meant. Like, I meant the elementals in um, in modern, really. You know, yeah. But like Solitude and
0: Fury and Grief yeah. and all those ones, those are pitch elementals. You're not going to get a chance. Those are going to be straight up countered. Uh, you know, your Git Probe and your Mutagenic Growth and your pump, like all your Phyrexian free spells are toast. Right. Um, you know, things that get cast for free off the top of your deck, um, are not going to happen, right? So there is going to be a real reason to play Boromir, and I definitely is a pretty powerful stacks piece. And then sacrifice Boromir, Warden of the Tower, creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. The Ring tempts you, so you get you get the benefit of the Ring Temptation. Your creatures survive the board wipe, um, and it's an on board combat trick that your opponent now has to deal with before they can go and wipe the board away. And I like I like that a great deal. So I really like Bormir. I think the two and a white for a 3-3 is quite aggressive. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of Boromir, thinking that's going to be a card that lots of white decks are going to be scooping up pretty quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. Should we alternate? I think that'd be fun.
0: Yeah, go ahead, yeah. What, what do you, what do you right. got?
1: So the next one is for Limited and for Commander. Um, mm, okay. Our Aragorn Company Leader, it's a 3-3 for 3, legendary a Human Ranger. When the ring tempts you, if you chose a creature other than Aragorn Company Leader as your ring bearer, put your choice of a counter from among First Strike, Vigilance, Death Touch, and Lifelink on Aragorn. The second clause says whenever you put one or more counters on Aragorn, put one of of each of those kinds of counters up to one other target creature. So my thing is like, for Limited, this is just a super strong card, because it grants evasion and it also uh, synergizes with the ring tempts mechanic. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the second clause is super good for commander with putting weird counters on things. So like, if you put a counter on Aragorn, that's like a flying counter, for example. Mm-hmm. You could put a yeah. flying counter on some other creature that needs it. You put an indestructible counter on Aragorn. You could put on another uh, creature that needs it. You put double strike. There's a ton of them out there now. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's um. This is interesting. There's um. Plea for guidance is a board wipe. It says put a val counter on target creature you control. Let's sack the rest. Um, for each creature that has a Val counter on it, it can't attack you or Planeswalkers you control. So, like, that's a weird one. You put a Val counter on Aragorn, you put it on something else, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So, there's some weird things you can do with this card. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's only a two dollar card right now, so yeah, I think yeah. it's neat. But all right, I think that's excellent. I think that's to excellent, you, sir. To you.
0: Um, I th- well, I was a big fan of this Endrill Flame of the West. Um, this is an equipment mm-hmm. for three and uh, Legendary Artifact Equipment. Equips for two, and it says, "Whenever every equipped creature attacks, create two tapped 1-1 White Spirit creature tokens with flying. Uh, if that creature is legendary, instead create two of those tokens that are tapped and attacking. Um, this, I mean, there's so many legendary creatures in this set. This is the same casting cost as Swords of X and Y um, mm-hmm. with a very powerful effect. I I think this card is really interesting. I'm I'm really excited for it. Actually, um, I know it doesn't do all the same things. It doesn't have protection from and whatever else. But um, anytime you have artifacts that start dumping extra bodies on the battlefield, you have got my undivided attention right. because you slap this on a flyer and you know an angel like a you put it on a Giada or you put it on a Lira or something, some big legendary thing, and you start. Turn on her sideways, not only is your opponent going to get dead fast, you're going to be flooding the board with things, and you're going to be putting pressure on your opponents to respond. You're pressuring your life total. You're adding to the board, and mm-hmm. you're going to make them have to have an answer, or they're going to die. And but I like that that sort of that sort of uh, position where you're going to be really compelling your opponents and, to have an answer.
1: The other thing is, um, there's you know a ton of token doublers in in Commander now. There's a ton of uh, a token replacement effects in Commander as well, mm-hmm. um, so even if you get one hit out of this thing, like I played Divine Visitation one of my decks, right? So every yeah. time that I would swing with this equipment, you're making I angels, freaking four four flying vigilance angels. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, or you
0: put it um, put, put it in Ginny Fay and Ginny Fay turns yeah. those little spirits into dogs or cats, and cats and, and, <laughs> and you're gonna go yeah. and you're gonna go ham, right? So nice. I, yeah, That's I think clear. I. I think the card is very good. Um, now, is it as be- as good as Sword of Feast and Famine? Probably not. That's probably a cut above. Are there a few of the other ones that are? You know, the green white one is probably a cut above. Uh, the sort of whatever. I don't even remember what the green white one is. But the one I know it blinks and it brings it brings me land, and uh, <laughs> so those you know that sort of that sort of ability is going to get my attention too. Um... Indoril is going to be one of those things that's going to be really impactful long, long-term.
1: long Yeah, for sure. Um, what have you, next, What have you got? The next one I got is uh, Faramir Prince of Athelion So, Faramir Prince of Athelion is going to be busted in Limited, but also very solid in Commander as a politics uh, deck, and also you get to draw a card. So any Commander that draws you cards is just a good card. uh uh-huh. um, it's a 4 mana, 2 colorless, 1 white, 1 blue, legendary creature, human, noble. At the beginning of your end step, choose an opponent. At the beginning of that player's next end step, you draw a card if they didn't attack you that turn. Otherwise, create three one one white, human, soldier, creature tokens. So, I have a soldier deck. I love playing politics with it because it's super aggressive. This card fits perfectly in that deck. Oh, um, nice. Playing it in limited, you, you, if you... Um give it to the, your opponent and you have a better state than them. Nine out of ten times you're gonna get to draw a card. You're gonna get to draw two cards every turn cycle. Mm-hmm. Which is just disgusting and limited. Um, or you're making or you're making your bodies. You're making army. You're making a freaking army in limited. So and and it works with the ring bear as well because if you put um you know if you put uh the ring bear on one of your one ones and you swing with it and it dies, you get to make another one. If yeah. so, they either they either take the damage from the ring bearer your turn, or they don't. So this card is twenty cents of value.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, know it's it's excellent. It's, and it's going to be um again another like you know, tokeny sort of value engine um that's going to be very good. I think people are going to overlook this one. I think you're right, and they really shouldn't be because I think the card is going to be surprisingly impactful. I think it will be qu- and a, quite quite an interesting. Uh, deck two, you're playing like a a blue white human or hu- human soldier list. Like, I think blue white humans is going to be a thing, or guy humans yes. um, is absolutely a thing, and you're gonna then Faramir is gonna fit right in there. So, um, big fan. I think that's a really great like sort of budget pickup to hide right in the middle of your in your list. So excellent. Thank you. I um, have you got... this one. I I can't I can't turn up because of the impact. Of one of these clauses, so Gandalf the white, three white white for a four five with flash. yeah, yeah, four fives with flash or <laughs> things. sure. <laughs> you, make, you you make cast legendary spells and artifact spells as only at flash. Uh, okay. so now we got a Vidalcan Orrery on a creature almost. not quite. But it's it's, mm-hmm. like Rathca, it's like Rathcapation level of good, yes, so this is this is very good. And then, if a legendary permanent or, or an artifact entering or leaving the battlefield causes a triggered ability of an op- of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. So you're getting like a panharmonicon effect, or a of Karlov doubling of the exit of the oh, leaving yeah. the battlefield trigger. <laughs> like this is going to be like, I think very impactful. Oh. Um, I don't know exactly how. Like, like you want to hear my take?
1: It, pardon me. You want to hear my take real quick about this card?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. What do you got?
1: So it's Panharmonicon, but it's also like a flicker enabler, right? So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like if I had this out with uh, Guardian Project, for example, and I flickered something, like I had a meal out or another flicker effect, and I flickered a legendary creature, and it comes in. I draw two cards. All right. It leaves the battlefield. I draw two cards. So I draw four cards. Mm Mm-hmm. Just by so flickering want, something once. Do
0: you, do you want to know what, what, what the top nine high synergy cards with this card on EDH rec are? Let's
1: hear them. Great Oswald, Fiddle,
0: Oswald Fiddlebender, Teshar, Ancestors Apostle, Elishnor, Mother Machines, Lore on the Third Path. All of these cards are absurd for the record, right? Like, uh-huh. you, you get Lore on the p- Third Path, like, you're getting a Reck Sage, now it's coming down, and Gandalf Close makes it kill too. two things? Yeah. Like, te- like Teshar, you're going to get two things out of your graveyard, Great. potentially
1: uh, uh Ow, that Ow, it,
0: well, Sorry. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, the the dawn sky, and then yeah. of course teleportation circle So now you get to blink oh, your things in and out. Yeah. Um, it's so, like you're going to do all the broken things with this sort of card. So it's pretty cool. Um, but you know other things that are going to do cool things: Icar Wellspring, Psalm Simulacrum, right. Uh, big scrap trawler. Scrap trawler is going to be absurd. Like it's going <laughs> to you're going to get you're going to get oh, ratchet. Yeah. You're going to have access to ratchet. You're going to play like all the things. And like, that's just a monocolored white deck. And I can, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to get out va- card valued by sure, too many lists. So I think that card is, I think Gandalf is excellent. Um, I'm excited for him too. I may have to build a Gandalf or put Gandalf in this in something. I don't know what, but it looks pretty cool to me.
1: <laughs> all righty. Here's the next one. Okay. We got another green card um, Radagast the Brown. Uh, two colorless, two green, uh, avatar wizard. Whenever a ratted gas the brown or another non-token creature enters the battlefield into your control, look at the top X cards of your library or exit that creature's mana value. Reveal a creature card from among them that doesn't share a creature type with your creature you control and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So, I think this card is great.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think the card is super fun. You want to play lots of different creature types in your deck. But that goes right with Volo um, Guide to Monsters, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have lots of really cool things to do. I think Radagast is very interesting. Um, apparently, he's already expensive. Um, he's twelve bucks, yeah.
1: and then for the full bordered whatever thing, and it's like six dollars right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just found one for three, three ninety seven on TCG. But there we go. Anyway, it's I think yeah. it's it's neat, right? It's very neat. Yeah. It's something sure. different. It also works in limited, especially if you um, play something where you're you you, you want to get creatures into your hand quickly. I mean, you, you resolve this card and no one deals with it. You can just yeah. refill refill the board. Which creatures win games in limited? So, uh-huh. um, anyway, what's the next card you got there? I've There's...
0: got one. This is a big green fatty, but got my okay. attention, and, and I'll tell you why here. So sure. s- six green green for last march of the Ents sorcery. This spell can't be countered. That's not what gets me excited. It's this next one. Draw cards equal to the greatest toughness among creatures you control. Then put any number of creature cards from your hand onto
1: the <laughs> it's battlefield. So, it's so gross. Why? <laughs> like
0: You're just like, you're going to draw a pile of cards, and then you're going to dump your hand of all those creatures you have in it. Oh so I'm name. imagining this is going in some sort of green ramp deck, like you're playing elves or you're playing something disgusting. Yeah. And you and I imagine you're probably drawing five to six cards off yeah. this. I that's what I'm anticipating. Like if you're going to get good value off this, five to six cards and you're going to throw three or four creatures onto the battlefield and just go ham. I think the card is really interesting. I like it. I think it kind of does something cheaty cheaty, but because of the high mana cost, um it's going to be one of those things that not going to break the game, I don't think. It's going cuz it you have to if your eight mana spell wins you the game, well, good. It should. That's that's sort of how that works. Um, you spent eight mana to do something really powerful. Good for you. And it's still <laughs> even that it's conditional, right? It's an eight mana yeah. conditional thing. You just have to have a creature with big toughness on the board. So I like it. I think it's really fun. I think it's really cool. Um, I like cheating big things off from my hand onto the battlefield. You know somebody's gonna be like, like the, You know what always happens when this sort of card gets printed. Someone goes, well, I can cheat a blight steal on the battlefield." I'm like, "Yep, you sure could, buddy. You can cheat <laughs> a blight steal, but you can cheat all sorts of other things too." So, eyeing the cards fun It's going to result in some silly things. People do some silly things, and I'm pretty and I'm here for it.
1: <laughs> Alrighty, um, the next one is a red card, and this is my favorite one. I think it's awesome. Um, there and back again many people have talked about this but I think it's, I think it's hilarious uh, 3 colorless, 2 red is a saga um, uh, the first thing says up to 1 target creature can't block for as long as you control there and back again the ring tempts you the second clause is search your library for a mountain put it onto the battlefield then shuffle and then the third is create small oh, a legendary 6-6 red dragon creature token with flying haste and when this creature dies create 14 treasure tokens I, I run a Jaxus list. Bruce knows this list very well. This oh card God. probably should go in there because I like to make copies of things that die immediately and then just oh keep God. repeating the loop. There so I will so probably... Much treasure. So I'm going to make treasure. some ridiculously janky things with this. If I can procure one of these cards, I will. Um, and In limited, it's hilarious because it's a win con that also makes you enough mana to probably win the game the following turn if it does die. So... Um, that's all I got for that card. Um, what what do you got next? <laughs> that's
0: all I got. I mean, I, I I will read. I got it one more.
1: Saying.
0: Go <laughs> go. You feel. like go for your last one then.
1: I got one more. This one is, I think, the best removal card in the set. Um, underrated in my opinion. Uh, for commander, I mean, not not for a limited for commander. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, it's called Isildur's Fateful Strike. This is a flavor win as well for the um. If anybody knows the lore and of Lord of the Rings, um, this is the guy who kills, uh, kills Soren the first time. So, Isildur, uh, says, Fateful Strike says, two colors, two black, legendary instant, you may cast a legendary instant only if you control a legendary creature. Planeswalker, destroy a target creature, if its controller has more than four cards in hand, they exile cards from their hand equal to the difference. I play against a lot of greedy people in Commander that strike the draw and have twenty cards in their hand at once. Playing this card is awesome, uh, against somebody who does stuff like that. Um, imagine d- playing this card against someone who has consecrated sphinx in their hand or, or on the battlefield. So you get to kill oh, that good. and exile their whole hand except for four cards. Dude, so
0: you we just, we, we just went to the top of the mountain top right there. Like that's the like everyone's yeah. dream. Kill, yeah, well, kill like, those Sphinx, Make them pitch their hand. Or the, even. The, the,
1: the... Yeah, yeah. Or even like annoying like Sifis, Like Siphis, a harvest hand, right? They're they're, yeah. they're tripping. They're drawing a ton of cards every turn. Omnath, four-color Omnath. Um mm-hmm. there's a few good targets for this 20 cent card. Again, it's not the best removal spell, right? It's four mana, it's conditional. But most people are going to have some sort of legendary permanent or creature creature planeswalker on the field, especially if they're playing black. Um
0: well, I'm, I yeah. I'm going to pick up a copy of this cuz I have a so I have a Drownu Lich Lich deck. <laughs> and right. So Drownu is it goes with this. And so my my Drownu deck has a card a discard card theme to it, and uh, so what it does is that all those bad mind rot effects that we no one plays in Commander because you you cast it once you bag two cards and you feel bad about it because well you only bag two cards but if you can flash back cards that make your opponents discard cards it's it's a four for one or a six for one or whatever. Isildur's Faithful Strike is going to be potentially very, very big when you splash it back with, with Drownew and do something right. disgusting with it. So I'm a big fan. I think twenty cents for this card is because I mean like I recognize four mana for this is a little expensive for this effect. Like we've given us go for the throat, they've given us infernal reckoning or whatever the the other two mana one that they, they lose two life. Like there's lots of two mana removal that is very, very good at getting rid of those problematic things if you're running this is you're running this because you want the extra effect of make them pitch cards
1: Mm -hmm. that's good that's good i like that that's a creative way of using it too um there's also like like um just the way i'm surprised i didn't like do a a cycle of this right because there's legendary sorceries that have a, a cycle but instance i mean that would be cool if they if they continue a cycle with this yeah they'd be pretty
0: neat i i don't know i don't know quite where they would do where they would do it with in lord of the rings but no i agree like a a cycle would be fitting and a cycle would be pretty cool to see completed because yes in dominaria we had the cycle of five uh legendary sorceries and they were all pretty cool they're all like i still see all five of them get played um yeah the red one probably less than most but i've seen the other four cast regularly um so yeah no i think X. I i think the card like the legendary instance would be really cool to see and see where they what they do with them but anyway
1: that's all we got right <laughs> yeah that's what we got all right
0: okay i think it's gonna re- pretty much wrap us up so mm-hmm. thanks very much folks really appreciate you spending the time with us i know it's, we've been off on a bit of a hiatus there, but we really appreciate you taking the time this, this evening to check in with us and uh, give us a listen. Um thanks very much. as we said earlier, all the information you want to get a hold of us is in the show notes. Uh where to get the show is on the lowestcouncil.com dot com dot com Discords um and on their website. As long as long as all your favorite podcast hosting platforms. Alright everybody, thanks very much. Have a great week. Uh enjoy playing Magic at the pre release whenever you get there. Uh Pete, good luck. Uh, with you and your friend.
1: Oh, and... yeah. Um, I'll let you know what happens. Uh, probably on the next show, we can, yeah, we can I love. We can revisit this in a, in a month or two as well, in a few weeks. Um, once the set is fully released, I think, as well, it'd be fun to revisit sort of, maybe we do like um, an evolution of this, right? Like, they started with secret layers, now they're going into specialty sets, and yeah, we can, we can maybe. maybe do uh... uh, something about that, but when we could, uh, we could talk
0: about our upgrades no. from our pre of our precons. I don't know. Yeah, there's yeah, lots, there's yeah. lots, lots of stuff to do. Let's do that. And yeah, there so is we'll, a lot uh, of stuff to do. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do some fun stuff for loads of the ring, folks. All right. But all thanks right. very much for listening. Have yourselves cool. a good night, and have fun wherever you guys play magic. Thanks so much.
1: Everybody, take right. care. Peace. Thanks. <laughs> all right. is that it.